You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of my sermon today is All I Want for Christmas. All I Want for Christmas. If we look back in our lives, no matter how old we are, how young we are, there's probably things that we wanted for Christmas that we sat on Santa's lap and asked. We circled in the catalog. When I was younger, what I always wanted in the Sears catalog was the electronic football game. It was this massive, massive thing, and it had these little characters on it, and I don't even know how it worked. I don't know how you played it. It was before video game time. I guess you just press buttons, and there was a football game. My grandmother had a kind of a hockey game similar to that, and every year I would circle that. And it always took up like the whole page in a Sears catalog, and I'm just circling it and circling it. Never got it. Never, never, uh, never got it. Um, another thing that, that I always wanted and asked for uh, was a Lego castle set, the night set. They had the pirate ship is what my brother wanted. I wanted the... Lego castle set. But the thing was, in the castle set, there was a ghost and a skeleton. And mom and dad said that they weren't going to give us the ghost or the one with the ghost or the skeleton. I look back now and I think that was their excuse because it was probably really expensive. Uh, That was just probably their way of saying, oh no, we're not going to get that for you. And I remember I would beg mom and dad and I would say, I would throw away the ghost. I'll throw away the skeleton. I just want the castle with the king and the knights. And I never got it, never got it. There's always probably one of those things that you look back on and you say, all I want for Christmas was this, and I never got it. But as we grew up, there was something that we got for Christmas, every Christmas, from my grandparents. And it was something that we looked forward to, something that we, uh, was the last gift that we would open when we went to my grandparents' house And it was always this big box. In my mind, when I was a kid, it was the size of a refrigerator box. It was a dryer, washing machine-sized box. And we would tear that box open, and we would open the top of it, and it was like heaven came to earth. There was Peter Pan peanut butter in there. There was Hershey chocolate syrup, the one that was in the bunny. There was strawberry chocolate syrup, the one in the red bunny. There was every... Little Debbie's box imaginable, known to man. There were cookies. There was everything that you could imagine and want in there. And every year we would open that box. And we would dive through and we'd find different, different pieces of candy. Different things that we had never seen before. That we had never tasted before. That we had never experienced before. And it was something that I always looked forward to. If I'm being honest... When I'm going to wake up on Christmas morning in a couple of weeks, secretly I'm going to look at the Christmas tree and say, I wish that big box was there with that strawberry chocolate syrup and all the delicious things that were in there. How does that tie into anything when it comes to the scriptures? Let's see if we can make this mesh today. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 is the scripture that we're going to talk about. This is Paul writing to the church of Philippi. And he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed 
to his death. And the part that I want to focus on today is the simple phrase at the beginning of this scripture, that I may know him. That I may know him. That all I want for Christmas, if I'm being honest, is that I may know him. That all I want in my life is that I may know him. We talked about last week about how the, the, the sermon title is that my heart craves something new. And it's the same theme that I feel like the Lord is trying to teach us over these last couple weeks as we get to the end of 2019. And He's preparing us for a brand new year, preparing us for a brand new decade, preparing us for a brand new season to walk in. And He's encouraging us and He's telling us and He's wanting us to go deeper to reach out to Him, to let go of the things that we have been held on to for this last decade, for the last however many years of our life that we've been alive, for the simple steps and processes of knowing Him, that I may know Him. It's all I want. It's all my heart wants. It's, it's all my spirit wants. It's all that your spirit truly wants. It's to have a relationship with God Almighty. To have a relationship with His Son, the Savior. To have a relationship with the Holy Spirit who is there with you at all times, teaching you and guiding you and encouraging you and comforting you. If you've never known Him, that's an easy fix. We talk about this, the gospel message is the very first step to getting to know Him. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4, that Christ died for your sins. That we have to make it personal when it comes to getting to know Him. I'm so thankful that He died for all the sins of the world, past, present, and future, and every human being in the world. But there's something when I make it personal and know that He died for my sins. Because I know my sins. I don't know your sins. Unless you come and tell them to me, but I don't know your sins. And I'm thankful that he died for your sins, but I know my sins. I know my struggles. I know my shortcomings. I know my failures. And he died for those. He was buried in a tomb and he rose again the third day. And it's simple as confessing outwardly that you believe that. you believe that internally by faith that the God of the universe paid such a high price for you and he loves you so much when you get to know him that way it's like a it's like when you're at the airport and you're just walking and they have that really fast thing the escalator on the side and you step on that and When you get to know Jesus, when you become saved, it's like, it's like just skipping at the first date and going straight to marriage, going straight to the covenant, just jumping straight into it. A brand new life, a brand new experience that you may know Him. Now you might be sitting there and saying, well, I've been saved for X number of years. I've gone to church for X number of years. I've done this, I've done that. And that's great, but now, if you've already saved and you've gotten to know Him through salvation, 
Now I want to encourage you to take it a step further that you may know Him after salvation. That you may get to experience Him after salvation. That salvation is just the beginning to a brand new life. The word know here in the Greek means to know, to understand, to perceive, to have knowledge of. The second definition, to become known. The third definition, to learn to know, to come to know, to get a knowledge of and perceive, to feel. So in the definition, and we've seen this before, and I love the scriptures when you dive deeper into these words of what they mean in the Greek or the Hebrew, we see that word know representing the past, present, and future of knowing Him. That I may know Him in the past, to know, to understand, to perceive, to have knowledge of, that I can go back and know that He was faithful. That I can go back and remember and know when He saved me. That I can go back and know when He rescued me. When I should have died and He saved me. When I should have done this, when I should have done that, and He was there for me. When everybody else had left me, I can go back in the past to know Him. Maybe you're in a situation right now. Maybe you're struggling in something. Maybe you're, you're walking through something. That word know means to know Him right now in the present, to become known. That you have the opportunity... Maybe you haven't opened your Bible in weeks, months, or years. Maybe this is the first time you've been in church and who knows how long. You have the opportunity right now to know the Father. And it says, if you just draw near to Him, the Scripture says, He will draw near to you. He's just waiting. He's just waiting. He's presenting Himself. He's making Himself available. And as soon as you turn to Him, right now in your present situation, He's right there to help you. And then this word know is a future knowledge. To learn to know. To come to know. To get a knowledge of. To feel for the future. That I'm so thankful for what God has done for me in the past. That I can lean on and know that He hasn't failed me yet. And if He hasn't failed me yet, then He can help me right now. But what's encouraging is there's an opportunity to get to know the Father's heart even more than I've even ever experienced before. That you have an opportunity. You might have read that book, the Bible, from cover to cover. You might be a part of ten churches. You might listen to all the podcasts, read all the books. You might be the Christian of Christians, but you have the opportunity to get to know Him even more. In Matthew chapter 16, we've talked about this story recently, verses 13 through 16. Matthew 16, verses 13 through 16. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Verse 14, so they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say me, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15, he said to him, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
If you keep reading that story in another one of the Gospels, it says that he received that by God himself. It wasn't by flesh and blood that revealed that to him. It was God that revealed that to him. To know him. There's a part in all of our lives where you can stand and sit there and listen to me ramble on about who God is to me. You can listen to your family, you can listen to your friends, you can listen to the greatest of preachers about who God is, but there's a point in everybody's life where you're going to have to answer that question of who do you say that Jesus is? When I was in college, my pastor that we grew up with, I got saved at his church, got spirit filled in his church got water baptized at his church, was in his youth group, was in his young adults group, was there for my whole life, was born in that church. I don't think I was born in a hospital, I think I was born in that church. He stood up one day and stated that he was divorcing his wife, said he had biblical evidence, and said that through the divorce, revival was going to come to the church and to the city. And it was a church of between 500 and 1,000 people. And at 22 years old, I sat in that pew as some people stood up and cheered, as some people started crying, as my parents were crying, as there was all these secret meetings, as there was all these things happening. And I sat in that pew and I had this revelation of, I, I don't think I know God as well as I thought I did. Because it brought me to my core of what do I believe? Because I've believed everything that that man has said my entire life. And now he's standing on a pulpit and he's saying something that I don't agree with, that doesn't sit right in my spirit, that doesn't sound right according to this book. But I don't know what I truly believe. And at 22 years old, after being saved since I was 4 years old, being baptized since I was in high school, being spirit-filled since I was 10 years old, I went on this journey of, I want to get to know God, I want to get to know Jesus, I want to get to know the Holy Spirit, and so that way, if any man or woman says anything to me, I can match it up against this book because I know Him. Because I know Him, because I've experienced Him, because I've walked with Him. And I can walk with him everywhere I go, and somebody can tell me something, I can say, no, that's, that's not right. You don't, you don't know him. You don't know him yet. You know him a little bit, but that's, I'm sorry, that's, that's not, you need, to, you need to get to know him some more. And I've made the decision in my life to put everything in this book, that this book is my guide, this book is my truth. I went to Bible school. Started getting involved in ministry. Been in ministry for eight, nine, ten years now. And still on this journey of getting to know Him. Not just so I can get up here and spout off Scripture verses and funny stories and things to you. No, no, it's a personal thing to me to get to know Him. To get to know His face. To get to know His voice. To get to know what He likes. To get to know what He doesn't like. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, 
This is Paul writing at the very beginning of his first lengthy letter to the church of Corinth. He says he talks about how he comes with just a, a, not the best speech. He struggles in words. I find it comforting, a Cajun from Louisiana, that, that if Paul had some struggles in, in talking and trying to enunciate and trying to get out what he's trying to feel inside, he says, I can't put all the words together. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2, he says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That I hope, as your pastor, that the first thing that you get to know about me is hopefully my love for Him. For my love for what He's done for me. That that's the thing that you know. That's the thing that you recognize. That I can portray that to you in the congregation, to my family, to my friends, to my co-workers, to anybody. Christ and Christ crucified. Not what I look like. Not what I drive. Not where I live. Not what I wear. Not what I have. None of those things. But to know Him, that I may know Him, is the most important thing. To be able to present that to each and every one of you. The importance of knowing Him and knowing Christ and knowing Him crucified. The beautiful thing, like that box of candy that we would go into. It was a huge box of candy, but there were so many pieces that were so different. That tasted different, that looked different, but they were all a part of that one box of candy. There's so many sides to Jesus. There's so many things that we can know and learn about who Jesus is. In the Old Testament, there's at least 16 names of God. All throughout the Scriptures, Jesus is referenced through many different names 30, 40, 50 plus times. In Genesis 17.1, I don't have these up there. I'm just going to kind of roll through them. God presents himself, names himself as El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. Do you know him as the all-sufficient one? Do you know him as your almighty God? Another name that he has, he talks about it in Psalms 23. Jesus himself talks about it in John chapter 10, verse 11. Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. Do you know Him as your shepherd? As He's leading you? As He's guiding you? Sometimes He's using that staff to correct you? To move you where you need to go? No, no, buddy. Come this way. No, no, no. Don't, don't do that. No, that's not, that's not smart. As children, now I can see being a shepherd. As my two little sheep run all over the place. No, 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 buddy, don't, don't do that. Nope, don't touch that. No, it's okay, it's okay, I know. I know you want to play with that, but that, that'll kill you, so come this way. Another name, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. He declares himself that in Exodus 15, 26. These are names that God has declared himself as. Do you know him as your healer? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide in Genesis twenty-two fourteen. 14. 
Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace in Judges 6.24. Also, He's the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9, verse 6. In Revelations 22-13, through 13, 22, 13, He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. Which also means He's right where you're at right now in the middle. In Hebrews 4.14, He's the great high priest. All the other high priests says in the Scriptures that they stood all day taking sacrifices over and over and over again. Cutting the necks of animals as blood poured out to shed and atone for sin. And God Himself said, no matter how many sacrifices you do, you can never cover that. So He made the decision to declare His Son the great high priest and send His great high priest. And it says, yes, those high priests, they stood up over and over and over again. But in Hebrews it says, the great high priest, having made one sacrifice for all time, for all eternity, now seated at the right hand of the Father. He's no longer standing and working and striving to try and cover your sins. He already did that and took care of it. He's your great high priest. So we get around Christmas time. He's the Emmanuel, God with us. He was far away because of sin separated us from Him. Now He sends His Son. Now He sends His Holy Spirit and He is Emmanuel. He is God with you. With you. In your darkest of days, in your brightest of days, in your loneliest of days, your tiredest of days and your weakest of days, Emmanuel, God is with you. That's in Isaiah 7.14. It's referenced again in Matthew 1.22 and 23. He's your mediator. 1 Timothy 2, verse 5. There's a mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. That there's someone mediating on your behalf between God and you. Even when you don't know what to say. Even when you don't know what you're doing. Jesus says, it's okay. I got this covered. I know what you're saying. I've been down there before. He's tempted in all ways, yet without sin. Here's the tenth example. I like this. We have the scripture up there. Hebrews 5 verse 9. He's the author of your eternal salvation. And having been perfected, having been perfected, Jesus being perfected, He became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. He became the author of eternal salvation. It's our job to present salvation to people. It's not our job to decide if they're saved. It's our job just to bring the gospel to them. Because it's Jesus who is the author of our eternal salvation. I just keep telling you how good He is. I just keep telling you. That he died for your sins. He was buried in a tomb. And he rose again the third day. And the one who wrote the book of eternal salvation. 
The author of it is Jesus Christ. Those are just ten examples of who he is. Do you know him in any of those ten examples? People were sending us gifts for the baby being born, and uh, some friends of ours from Dallas sent us a box of jelly beans. I mean, a, a box of it. And it probably had 50 flavors in there. And I'm not a big fan of jelly beans. My son is. And there's a big code, there's a big thing on there that shows you each one of what it is, all the colors, all the different things. But it's all connected to one box. And you get to taste one and see what it's like. And you can look and see, okay, what is it, what is it, okay, oh, okay. Buttered popcorn, that's the one Maddie likes. My son likes Dr. Pepper. We gave him real Dr. Pepper, and he spit it out. He didn't like it at all. I said, well, son, that's where the jelly bean, they're the same. He said, no, no, I like the, okay, all right, cool. But such is who God is. This large box of mixed jelly beans that you can open up, and you can say, oh, Jehovah Rapha, I want to taste some of that today. My Savior, oh, I need some of that today. I need to know some of that today. He's the Alpha and the Omega. I need that in my life. He's the Prince of Peace. I need that today. To know Him, to know Him is an open treasure chest that has unlimited resources, unlimited treasure that you get the opportunity to dive in and see. Because of, I would say, my misfigured figure, tall and lanky and sometimes trying to not fit in anything, if I go to a store and I, I find something that fits, recently we went to somewhere over the summer, um, oh, we went to Gap or something like that, and I found a pair of shorts that actually fit. I thought, hey, this is, this is nice. So I went back to the place where they had all the shorts, and I bought like all of them, like five or six different colors. I said, I know that this one pair of shorts fits, like jeans, I can only buy them from like H&M or something like that, and only a specific size, different way. The shirt's kind of the same way, but now I'm starting to get fat a little bit. It's kind of weird, just in one area. I used to be real, sorry. Same is true with God. When we experience an aspect of God, we need to go back and just visit all of it. Well, I found a pair of shorts in blue. He's my provider. Well, I'm going to go back and get that same pair of shorts in green to know Him, to know Him, to experience Him. You have an opportunity, no matter how old you are, no matter what area of life you're in, no matter what's going on, you have the opportunity right now to make the decision, I want to get to know you. And I've, I've learned you so much, I've experienced you so much over the years, but I want to get to know you even better. Some of those names, I, I didn't even know those names existed. Some of those names, I, I didn't, that was just ten of them. But you have the opportunity to read this book and get to know him in so many different lights. 
as we finish, do we have it? Does it work? As we finish, I want to show you a video. I want to show you a video of my son who last year asked for a gift. All I want for Christmas, he said, was a police Lego set. It's what he wanted. It's what he was asking for. It's what he was begging for. We got it for him. And I want you to see the joy of someone experiencing what they asked for, how they received it, the excitement, and let's see what he does. To have the same childlike faith to know him. To go on a journey and say, you know what, I, I need to see him as my savior. I once was lost, but now I'm found. And to have that same joy to open up the gift of Jesus as your savior. To be going through something in your life and having sickness in your body and saying, I need Jehovah Rapha in my life. I need Jehovah Jireh, the provider, in my life. And to open up that present of healing and to get to know Him. To have the joy. To have the excitement. To have the love. That's what's available to you. It says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's your strength to help you. To have that joy inside of you. To open up those presents that are set before you. Jesus says, these are in that book, he says, you can read and see who I am. And you can cling on to any one of those at any time to get to know him. The last scripture I have, and I'll end with this, is 2 Peter 3, 18. This is Peter writing his last book, the last verse that he writes that we have record of what he says. Peter speaks to us. He says, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. This is Peter, who was called by Jesus Himself, who was sitting in a boat with his family, and Jesus, the God-man, came and called him. So I'm going to make you a fisher of men. I'm going to bring you out of your normal lifestyle. I'm going to bring you into a brand new lifestyle that no one has ever experienced before, that no one knows anything about. Then you're going to see things that you've never seen before, that people have never seen before, experience things. And Peter goes on this journey, and he sees Jesus turn water into wine. He sees Jesus break 
bread and fish and put it in his hands. And as he goes and he tears that piece of bread off, he sees that bread grow back. As he pulls off a piece of fish, he sees that fish grow back. He sees people who are dead and in a tomb be called forth. Lazarus, come forth! And Peter's standing right there. He sees Jesus put his hand on top of a casket and raise a boy from the dead. He goes up to a mountain and he sees Jesus transfigured. He sees men of the faith standing next to him. Prophet Moses. He experiences these personal times with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane in communion, the Passover. He denies Jesus. And he runs away and he runs back to the fishing boat thinking that he's missed his calling. He's missed his chance. He's messed up. And Jesus shows up again and he says, Peter, do you love me? He said, I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? He says, I love you. Then feed my sheep. He says, Peter, do you love me? He says, Jesus, you know that I love you. He says, then feed my sheep. Peter then becomes the head of the church. He experiences the day of Pentecost. And the one who denied Christ stands up in the middle of Jerusalem and declares the greatness of who Jesus was. As thousands of people come saved on that one day. As he goes on this experience and this journey, he's the one that sees this vision and preaches to the Gentiles and realizes that the mystery that was now made known, that was hidden for all these years, he's the one standing there Experience that mystery from God being revealed. That it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. As he's walking through his life, the very last thing that, the, that Peter says to his people is grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If anybody could have obtained and said, you know what, I know who Jesus is. I know what grace is. I know the knowledge of who Jesus is. It should have been Peter. Peter was there all along the way. And the very last thing he says, don't stop knowing him. Don't stop trying to get to know Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. To know him. To know him. I'm encouraging you. All I want for Christmas, all I want going into this year is to know him like I've never known him before. To experience a new side of Him. To experience a new name of Him. To see something new. To experience something new. To see miracle signs and wonders like I've never seen before. And I hope that you join me on that journey. Amen. Let's stand up as we get ready to go. Father, we thank You. We thank You for the opportunity that You have placed before us to get to know You. That we can get to know you at any time. That whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That right now, if we aren't saved, that we can call upon your name. And we can re receive your salvation and start the process and journey of getting to know you. Father, if we've gone on this journey with you for five minutes, five years, fifty years. That we have the opportunity right now to get to know you even more. Father, that if we're being honest with ourselves deep down inside of our spirit, it's yearning for you. It's yearning to experience you in a new way. We're calling out to you. The earth itself is groaning, looking for the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Father, here I am. Like the scripture says, here I am, send me. Send me on that journey of getting to know you. Send me on that journey of telling people about who you are.
Father, place that desire in each and every one of us that we can look in our own lives and say, God, send us. Send us on that journey with you. We want to experience you like we've never experienced you before. Yes, we love the knowledge that we've had all of these years. All the different services, all the different preachers, all the different podcasts, all the different books, all the things that we've read and learned have brought us up to this point, and we're so thankful for it. But I've got to know you in a new light this year. I've got to know you in a brand new way. Reveal yourself to us. Holy Spirit, be our teacher and continue to teach us that we will choose to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever, Father. I ask you to bless your people this week. I ask you to continually heal them and cause them to prosper in everything they do this week. Father, I thank you that this church and this congregation are the salt and light of the earth. We will go out and we will defeat that dumb devil with the blood of the Lamb in our right hand and the word of our testimony in our left hand. We will put on the full armor of God and we will withstand the fiery darts that will come against us, our family, our jobs, anything that can come against us. Father, you're greater than that. Now, Father, protect your people, bless your people, cause them to prosper in everything they do, and bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Grab some cookies and hot chocolate on the way out. And if you want to watch the parade with us, we'll be out front between 3 and 4 o'clock. It starts at 4. Thank God you bless for listening you. We love to Press Church you. Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.